Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You know that feeling when you walk into your home? Take a deep breath. And feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. It's me, your man, MG, Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, and the Fantasy Viper, Graham Barfield. And fellas, this, this was a strange, strange Dude, week. I, I don't know if I can remember a week where so many big names just stunk. I mean, if you had... Zeke, he saved his day with a touchdown and still didn't do that well. Kamara was bad. Deshaun Watson was bad. New Hopkins was bad. OBJ was bad. Calvin Ridley was bad. Julio Jones was bad. And these are just the guys I'm picking off the top of my head. There was plenty of other stinkers this week. It was a strange, strange week. Yeah, so Mahomes doesn't throw a touchdown. Brady doesn't throw a touchdown. Dak doesn't throw a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amari didn't Amari did nothing. Just a weird week. I, I feel like I lived in the upside down this week. It was kind of yeah, kind of. Uh I got I got crushed in a number of leagues, uh including League 1, the fantasy footballers uh ran over me. Uh, I think I have Juju going, but I think I'm down by like 50 or something like that. So I stay getting crushed in that league. Uh, yeah, it just was a, a very strange. How's the How's the team that I'm doing that that I drafted doing? Uh, well, I think I think she's going to lose her first one this week. She was undefeated, and she lost Saquon, right? She lost Saquon. Well, who, who, okay. Uh, Candace Patton. Candace Patton, who uh, who some of you may know as Iris West from The Flash. Uh, but yeah, she was three and zero until this week, and you know she. She sat Carson Wentz and started Kyler Murray, which didn't quite work wow. out. Yeah, uh, she lost Saquon Barkley. 
Um, it's been fun to kind of follow her on Twitter as she sort of gets indoctrinated into fantasy football and just watching watching her go through all these same heartaches <laughs> and and just tilting on a regular basis. Like, you know, that's a lot of us have done for years. Mm-hmm. It's You know what it is? It's like watching somebody watch Game of Thrones the first time. And like this week was her red wedding. Like, that's what it was. <laughs> this was her getting to the red wedding and suddenly, like, you know, a lot of WTFs and right. I can't believe this happens. Mm-hmm. She's probably asking what she got herself into that she yeah. didn't know she was going to have to put this type of mental and energy into it. I don't think she expected to be emotionally hooked yeah. the way she has been. So uh, welcome, Candice. Yeah, I, I feel like like 20 years of doing this, I, I, I've, I've sort of had a few years taken off my life. The stress of uh, of fantasy football and trying to you know figure out which plays are going to actually work out in a given week and which ones aren't and watching weeks like this one go by where I'm thinking really Dak against the, <laughs> the, the team that had given up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks really yeah what the hell's going on man I mean it's like Vince Lombardi out there it was just insane yeah and then was- Daniel Jones we all loved him he Sorry, Eddie. He, was, he wasn't all that good. He was just okay. My boy Evan Ingram wasn't all that good. Hey, guys. Meanwhile, Jameis Winston has a career day. James I Winston. know, and that's another thing, too. So the Rams, the Rams came in. They had given up like eight points a game to quarterbacks, right? And, I mean, it's not like they played trash either. Like they played Cam, Breeze before he got hurt. It's not like and they played Baker, who, okay, Baker's not that good. But <laughs> what the hell, man? Yeah, Jameis was, freaking Winston it was goes, for, goes for, what, four touchdowns? Four it touchdowns, yeah. And Jared Goff. And I get it. At the end of the day, the fantasy numbers were good. He was awful he was yesterday, bad. and I would be straight. I would be seriously concerned if I'm a Rams fan because regression. He threw the ball 748 times yesterday. I think his arm fell off, and his and his all of his all, all of his weapons did well. But it was one of those Blake Bortles games where like the fantasy numbers did not mirror what actually happened on the field. And ironically, Blake Bortles is his backup now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is one of those games where, you know, if we did the thing for, you know, uh, escalators for multiple turnovers, like those those three interceptions would have hurt uh, yeah, a dude. little bit more. So I, I don't know. But it just it was a it, it was, was nice crazy. to see Gurley get involved in the passing game. Yeah, I have I have so, I have questions about that. We will get to that. Well, too. Yeah. As, as we look back on week four, uh, obviously pretty much over minus the, the Monday night game, uh, you know, looking at kind of three categories of guys, right? Guys like, OK, so maybe they had good weeks. Does this mean we're OK with them now? Guys that uh, last couple of weeks haven't played well. Are we worried about them? Is there a problem? And then it's just a, a situation of, well, what now? You know, guys who maybe had struggled that that played well, but we're not sold on that sort of thing. So we'll kind of go through that. Of course, it's it's Monday, so we'll also talk about the waiver wire as well. But before we dive into all of that, uh, we'll go behind the glass and talk to our faithful producer, Senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, what's up? Yeah, to go with the theme of uh, being a weird week, you know, it's very odd when, like, your high-scoring player is Wayne Gallman on your bench, like the Giants backup who is, like, the butt of all jo- uh, jokes uh, on, on Giants Twitter. Not if you have Godwin in almost every week. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Godwin was another thing. So yesterday... Like, I have Godwin in a whole bunch of leagues, so I was able to start him in some. But there was two leagues I couldn't play him because I, one of them was a dynasty league. Marcus destroyed me this week. But there's nothing on the waiver wire, and I had no one going at 4 o'clock Eastern or in the night games. And then in another league, I had the same thing. I couldn't drop anybody off my roster, and I had no one going at 4 o'clock or later, so I had to sit him. There was two leagues I played him in, which was fine. But I that I got Godwin yesterday because nope. I was afraid of his game time decision. That's status. on you for for losing your faith in God. 
It's on you. This is true. How I mean, much? How much? God did you guys buy into the. Um, I saw a lot of people on Twitter talking about it because this is week four. A lot of guys, a lot of the big name guys you all mentioned, did not play like a snap at all in the preseason. Yeah. A lot of people are like, "Oh, this is the rust finally coming off." Like now, it's actually real football. Come like come October. Do you guys buy into that a, a little bit, or you think that's like the I reason why there's some weird performances here and maybe there? Maybe a little bit because yeah, I mean like. September has become the preseason right. now across the NFL because guys don't play anymore. And like, I, I understand it. I understand why coaches do this. I will say that from a, a fan standpoint, like I don't want September to be the preseason. Like this is when the lights come on. Like, you know, like we're paying, you know, as, as fans, you're paying money for this. You, this is when you show up. Um, like I, I want to see guys be ready to go for, for this. So I, I think the, the sneakiest Big thing here is in during the preseason and during training camp, there's just so few live contact practices now, and that's obviously for right. player safety reasons. But that's why the se- September has turned into the preseason. It's not necessarily because guys aren't playing their, their starters in the preseason. That's been happening for ten, you know, fifteen years. It's these live contact practices that have really gone down, and I think it's it's why we've which, seen some offenses super out of sync to start the season. Which I guess my argument to that is, well, you do have preseason games to exactly. like get that, you know, get yeah. that out, like. It, it frustrates me when coaches complain about the lack of contact. You know they can't have in practice, but then they don't use the opportunity right. of preseason games. There's gonna have there. There will have to be some sort of instituted balance, I think, to get this right. Yeah. Just wait until the NFL and the uh, NFLPA come to an agreement that there's only yeah. going to be two preseason games and 18 regular season yeah. games. Wait until that happens because the owners, you know, are pushing for it. The next CBA is going to be insanely interesting. interesting. You, you, dude, you know what? Yesterday. Uh, or I don't remember if it was yesterday or the day before, uh, checking my email, and I quickly saw a headline, you know, NFL and come to an agreement. I'm like, wait, what? Already? And it was just the referees. <laughs> I was like, darn! <laughs> you know, uh, trust me, man, uh, there, there's there's nobody out there who wants a new CBA to be agreed upon before it needs to be agreed upon by the NFL employees. Right, man. right. We, we, yeah, want, we will, want that to happen. You, you lived through the last lockout. I was not here for dude, that. Dude, yeah, man. I mean, it was it it was, fact, it was not it was not cool, dude. Fact, fun fact, the day the lockout ended in 2011 uh, was the day Michael Fabiano called me and offered me a job here at this place. So Yeah, man. That, uh, there you go. I, that, I, Montario Hearts. <laughs> that, that is, that is and should always be Marcus Grant's uh, favorite player. Why? Because during the interview process, and I interviewed a handful of people, I asked, what would your fantasy analysis be on this scenario? Peyton Hillis turns his ankle in week three, unavailable for week four. The only one of the people that I interviewed who said Monterio Hardesty should be picked up and started is Mr. Marcus Grant. And that... uh, that started his. Uh, it's also legitimately because I, I read like a week's his, his wonderful the, the night before the career here at the National Football League. So there you go. So if I ever meet Montario Hardesty, uh, I owe you a beer. Yeah, something. <laughs> I do. I owe you a beer. Uh, hey, all right, we have jibber jabbered enough. Let's do some news. Through the news. Uh, first bit of news actually goes back to last Thursday night. Uh, Devontae Adams from the Green Bay Packers suffered a toe injury in that game. I mean, he was having just a bananas sort of game. Uh, he had, what, over 150 yards, I think, in the first half yeah, he of was that going game. Nuts, I mean, he was going crazy. Yeah. Uh, ended up having to leave the game with a toe injury. It looks like turf toe. 
The good news is that it is not considered to be serious. The bad news is he is going to miss at least a week. Beyond that, we're not really sure. So in the short-term fabs, I mean, obviously this this is a boost for guys like Marquez Valdez-Scantling yep. and Geronimo Allison. Although on Thursday night after Devontae Adams went out, uh, Jimmy Graham saw a lot more targets. Yeah, he didn't catch any of the well, okay. damn balls. Details. I, no, I get it. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> You know, Graham, just based on the target share uh, and the tight end position, which is just so bad, Um, he's going to be in the mix as a streamer this week. Assuming Adams is out now, uh, I I read on Dr. David Chow's website that he kind of thinks this could be a multi-week injury Mm. for Adams. Turf toe can be. Yes. I mean, yeah, turf toe was a big problem for Deion Sanders uh, during his career. So hopefully, and it seems like we have sort of gotten a little bit you know lucky here mm-hmm. that it's not something that's going to keep him out long term but in the meantime if i have Devonte adams and i do in one league i would expect to be without him i would look and see if mvs is on the waiver wire i would see if geronimo allison is on the waiver wire they play the cowboys coming up this week and it could end up being a high scoring right. affair we'll see what happens but um that that's uh that's sort of what you're looking at at this point. Right. We, we need Devontae Adams to get right. I mean, they get the Cowboys, Lions, Raiders, Chiefs, Chargers, and Panthers going into their Week 11 bye. Uh, definitely <laughs> definitely some good matchups coming up for, for Adams. Yeah. Rodgers threw it 53 times in this game. That's that was a like lot. almost double the amount of pass attempts he had coming, in, uh, coming into the game. Yeah. Jared Goff says, hold my beer. And Yeah, <laughs> yeah. His, right, what, right. 68 pass attempts. They, they right. called 70 pass plays to, to <laughs> That's 10 insane. runs. 10 runs. That's Yesterday. insane. Yeah. What, what Gurley had what, like four carries? Five. Gurley had five. 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 Brown had five. And I think Cooper Cup had one. Five. None in the first quarter. Mm, I don't Weird. know what's going on with that. Who knows? Uh, just an A.J. Green update. I mean, I feel like we've, we've pretty much broken this down as much as possible. Uh, it looks like he could be out a while longer. Uh, certainly not the next two weeks. Uh, you, you can't expect him to be back in. Beyond that, who knows? Uh, a point was made, and I think it's a valid one, that right now the Bengals are 0-3. We'll see what happens tonight if they if they get a win right. or not. But if they start to fall out of contention really quickly, because it, it looks like that division is going to be a battle, I would say, between uh, the, the Browns and the Ravens. If they fall out of contention, uh, there is really very little reason to try and rush A.J. Green back. So... Yeah, uh, you know, if you're holding on to him, if you're waiting for him to come back, I think time is is getting short right now. And we're um, about to go through the bye weeks pretty, yep. pretty extensively mm-hmm. here. I know we didn't have too many this week just with the 49ers and Jets, but uh, those bye weeks are going to start creeping up here. Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, I mean, you hate to say must-win scenario in week four, but in this game tonight, they need to win. And Dalton and the, and the Bengals have the Cardinals next week. So it's yeah. a very winnable game. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so that's a, with A.J. Green. Uh, in Washington... Case Keenum, I guess I about things just going wrong for me in every respect uh, in week four. I looked in last minute. I pulled Jacoby Brissett, and I threw Case Keenum in there thinking oh. the matchup was great. Uh, he didn't last very long. No. He threw for 37 yards and a pick. He got yanked. They brought in Dwayne Haskins. And he was worse. Haskins was not great. Uh, he threw three interceptions against the New York football Giants. Uh, and apparently... Jay Gruden has decided that the quarterback position is up for grabs, <laughs> that maybe Colt McCoy could be the starter against the New England Patriots. I mean, look, Graham, the, the, the Patriots defense might end up, they might be the fantasy MVP, <laughs> at least for the first quarter Dude, of the season. They was, might be the fantasy. Before that, I was talking to, to uh, Eddie and Marcus about that before you came in. 
Dude, 37 in week one. They've given you double digits every week. They've got 23 coming off a 23-point performance. And now they get the Redskins. Are they at home in that game, too? Uh, they're in D.C. Yeah. Okay, well, at least they're Doesn't not matter. at home in that game. It's oh, because it would be, be a massacre. Look, Jay Gruden... Um, Let's leave, let's leave it at this. Jay Gruden does not deserve all of the blame for everything that's gone on with Washington. But if you're going to play Dwayne Haskins in this game, why not just give him all the starter just reps during the season? Like, I, I, or excuse me, during practice this past week? I just, I, I don't know. I digress. Yeah, I don't, I don't really understand what they're doing. I mean, they're, they're 0-4. They look awful. Um, why not just play Dwayne Haskins, right? Like, just... Give him starter reps. Let him get acclimated to the offense. See what you have. I mean, even even the Dolphins have decided we're going to turn this over to Josh Rosen as long as we possibly can and, and let this look. Work. Look, Haskins was a fish out of water yesterday. I mean, he really, really struggled. Just yeah. looked. I mean, he looked and played the part of a rookie. But I don't know if you're going to plan on putting him in the middle of a game. Maybe give him some first team reps or give him some some practice reps before. I, I don't know. Yeah, it, and boy, <laughs> I guess Colt McCoy would be the safest play for the Redskins, but this team is going nowhere. Like, I get it. You want to win games. Jay Gruden's, you know, job could be on on the line here. It probably is. So he's trying to win games. But for the long-term outlook of this franchise, it's Dwayne Haskins. We we know who Colt McCoy is at this point. We do. We we know who he is, and I don't, you know, he's not going to suddenly lead this team and turn them around and and lead them to a playoff run. Like, so, I I don't know. Just just play Dwayne Haskins and get it over with. Uh, Other quarterback news, Mitch Trubisky injures his left shoulder in the Bears' win over the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, The initial reports from Matt Nagy that the official statement was it doesn't appear to be season-ending. Which to me says he's going to be out a while. Yeah, dude. That's what that says yeah, to me. You're going to see a lot of uh, Chase so Daniel. So Chase Daniel pal. came in and you know looked competent, which I think says as much about Trubisky as it does about the Bears' defense. And so I guess Fabs, it's I don't know that Chase Daniel makes the pieces around him necessarily better. I don't know that you know if things get necessarily better for Allen Robinson and David Montgomery and so on and so forth. But at least they don't get worse. I guess is what I can take away. Yeah, I, because. <laughs> From what we saw, Trubisky had really regressed. And there were reports in the preseason during training camp out of Chicago where beat writers were talking about how Trubisky didn't look like he had gotten better in the offseason. So now you're going in with Daniel. This this team, you know, we, we, we make jokes about which teams are sort of fantasy wastelands. You know, the Dolphins, for example. You know, you can't play anybody on that roster, basically. But the Chicago Bears, okay, Allen Robinson, I mean, his value takes a little bit of a hit, right? I mean, you're going from Trubisky or, or to, to Chase Daniel. Maybe it doesn't. But regardless, Allen Robinson has been the only sort of trustworthy fantasy player in Chicago. I mean, David Montgomery every single week is getting more and more burn. And, Graham, he's less and less efficient. Yep. And then Trey Burton is sort of, you know, he's off the radar at this point. I know Taylor Gabriel had that one big game against the Redskins, but, you know, that, that was that was one they didn't even play some, this week. That so. was something that was never going to happen again. So outside of the Bears defense and maybe a Pinero, the Bears are kind of not all that attractive from a fantasy. Uh, real quick, too, almost as if Ian Rappaport is listening to us record this podcast. He puts out a tweet. Uh, Bears quarterback Mitch Trubisky is having tests on his left non-throwing shoulder as we speak. And it's doubtful that he plays this week in London against the Raiders. The team will learn today if he's able to come back after the bye and what his timetable is. Mm-hmm. Look, uh you can't teach accuracy, and Mitch Trubisky has been an inaccurate quarterback in the NFL for now three straight years. And we've seen kind of small sample 
success, I want to say, for Chase Daniel. <laughs> I mean, he's definitely not a proficient passer, but he's he's he played in that Thanksgiving game against the Lions and moved the offense. And then again yesterday, he looked decent enough to move the offense. Trubisky's so up and down and so erratic. I I just don't think it's going to be that big of a difference mm-hmm. for this for this team. But like yeah. you mentioned, we're really only playing a Rob and David Montgomery here, and it's not even. It's not like we're too. And, da- and David about. Montgomery has been a disappointment for me. Montgom- uh, Montgomery's snap rate has increased in four straight games. But right, but he's not doing anything. Yeah, I, you know, still- I mean, I, I like I like that. I like the way that that's going. Right. Uh, Mike Davis was, I believe, he was inactive. Yeah, in the game yesterday. I think he's a factor. So, but I mean, like, they've got Oakland this week, so that's a good matchup. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be flexing oh. Montgomery regardless. But I, I feel like I, I've wanted to see more. You know, I've and and, and like this is. The, the rookie running back so far this season, uh, outside of Josh Jacobs going off in week one, I mean, we haven't seen much. And now it looks like Miles Sanders is going to take a backseat to Jordan Howard. Can you believe I just said that in Philadelphia? So these yeah. rookie running backs this season, um, so far, Not a little great. underwhelming. And again, we, we thought maybe it'd be the rookie running backs over the rookie receivers, and the rookie receivers have been the group that have really excelled yes, so far. This correct. Yep. Uh, yeah, so... I don't know. It's it's weird. You, you talk about yeah, he's a uh, you know Montgomery's got the Raiders should be great. That's that's what we'll, we'll to, see. That's what led me to start Marlon Mack this week, and um, that didn't work out. But that was a the I mean yeah just I know show up in that game. yeah I mean, I mean they were not scripted. Scripted. he got game scripted were, out and they were down fourteen nothing in the blink of an eye and then yeah because like Mack is not going to give you a lot in the passing game I mean it was Naheem Hines and when the Colts fall behind that is a recipe for disaster if oh. you've got Marlon Mack and then he he tweaked his ankle which by the way he says uh, he says it's not serious he could have come back into play uh, they just held him out sort of as a precaution he should be ready to go next week uh, against the Chiefs so yeah there you go. that's a good matchup too there you go that yeah. is pretty much everything you need to know that was the news all right so looking back at week four a bunch of guys who uh you know some guys who were down who had big week four some guys who are still looking to find some things and some guys that just have a scratch in their head so first category so we good now uh, Aaron Rodgers, first three weeks, hadn't seen much from him in week four. He puts up 25 points, has sort of one of those Aaron Rodgers games we're used to, had a couple of just ridiculous throws, uh, had some nice some nice drives, even ran a little bit, uh, picked up some yards on the ground. So, Fabs, uh, when it comes to A-Rod, we, we good now? I, as long as long as you're not under the impression that he's going to end up being the elite fantasy quarterback that we've all come to know and love because he's not. Um, he had three tough matchups in a row to start the season. His numbers weren't good. I feel like the Eagles game w- was an easy, hey, you got to get him in your lineup regardless of the last yep. three weeks because their defense is so bad against the pass. But this week coming up against Dallas, you know, I mean, the Cowboys defense, you know, they, they've held together, but they haven't faced anyone on the level of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, and I'll say we because I'm a Cowboys fan, whatever. We haven't played anybody good. This so I mean, the Saints, you know, beat us last night. The Cowboys didn't show up for that game. I don't know what the hell happened. You know, Lattimore put the clamps down on Amari Cooper, which was a surprise to me. Uh, Zeke didn't do much of anything. Dak didn't do much of anything. But I think this game in Dallas could end up being a high-scoring affair. Uh, so I have Rodgers, and it's ridiculously early, but I have him in my top 10 quarterbacks for week five, just based on the fact that I feel like this could end up being a high scoring game. And I get it. You know, the Packers really, really good against the pass, but that run defense is so bad that when you get Zeke going up against that team, he's going to gash them 
opened up the play action for Dak. He's got the fourth highest passer rating, I believe, using play action this season. So that could end up just being a, a really high scoring affair. We, we mentioned it a little bit in the beginning. Aaron Rodgers threw over 50 pass attempts this week. I think that's a big part of the reason he had, you know, the 400 yard game. But you mentioned yeah. this Eagles secondary is so, so bad. But we know what the, we know what the Packers want to do. We know what Matt LaFleur wants to do and they want to run the ball. But, but they haven't been able to do it. Exactly, I mean, yeah. especially against that Eagles front seven. Um, I, and I'm, the Cowboys just shut down Kamara. He didn't do much of anything. Right. Yeah, I think Rodgers is such a weird weekly play in the sense that we know the ceiling is probably lower than it has been in the past, but you kind of have to stick with it on name brand value and, and most likely because there's just not that many great streaming options on your wire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of the bigger thing is that the, there's just not a lot out there. So, uh, you know. I guess we're not totally good, but we're we're mostly good. Uh, Chris Carson. So all last week, Pete Carroll, who started, I guess, to become more truthful. Uh, I, maybe it's, yeah, maybe he was he was maybe it's his old age. Whatever. Don't buy it, Marcus. He said he said they <laughs> he still had faith in Chris Carson. They gave him a ton of carries. He went over a hundred yards. He didn't fumble the football. So everything. So I mean. Graham, we, we good now? He should have had a freaking touchdown, too. Okay, got yeah. Call, yeah, I got, got called, called back. back. Yeah. Got called back. Carson is so good, guys. He's so freaking good. But, he, mm-hmm. I mean, just hasn't been able to st- uh, hang on to the ball. But I, I don't think we're good yet because Rashad Penny is going to come back. And he was inactive for this game. Mm-hmm. Kind of a surprise inactive. On Friday, he pa- he practiced in full with that right. hamstring. I was fully expecting Penny to play this week. Maybe he had a setback. We don't know yet. Um, the Seahawks, I think, play on Thursday night this week. Yes. So yeah, we they're might, playing they against play the, the Rams. Play the Rams in Seattle. Okay, yeah. We might get one more week where Carson is the clear number one and CJ Procise is the number two again. But, yeah, with Penny coming back, I, I don't think we're totally good yet, but Carson is Car- – we know Carson is good. Yeah. I mean, again – the problem isn't necessarily with Carson's talent. It's right. just he just kept putting the ball on the ground, and you just wonder how long the Seahawks are going to stay with right. that. Right, and Rashad Penny's good himself. I mean, Seattle definitely will want to rotate their running backs at some point once they get Penny healthy. Right. Ah, the curious case of Todd Gurley. I know. Uh, so we talked about it. He had five, whole, five, one, two, three, four, five, five carries uh, in their loss to get the Buccaneers. Some of it was game script because they fell behind 21 nothing. but that doesn't explain to me how he had zero carries in the first quarter. The good news is he had, what, 11 targets, caught seven of them, had yep. a couple of touchdowns. So I just – I feel like Sean McVay has forgotten that he can use Todd Gurley in both phases of the offense in the same game. But he had those two touchdowns, and he's part of the passing game again. So, Fabs, we good now? I don't know, bro. I, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Like, honestly, uh, I, I mean, I, I like the fact that he was on the field for 75% of the snaps. Malcolm Brown was only on there for 24. So, I, I like seeing that. I like that he was getting involved in the passing game. But I, I may be looking to sell high. After this week. Yeah. The, the I, two, I might be looking to sell high, the, man. The two short scores kind of bail you out here. The, yes. The Rams, their they're offense <laughs> is struggling, man. Like, Jared it's, Goff it's looks really struggling. bad. And, and it, it's kind of a twofold thing, right? Like, Gurley is clearly not 100%. They can't use him in the same way that they have in the past. And Jared Goff is not throwing deep. I, I pulled it up. Her next-gen stats, Jared Goff has only attempted a twenty uh, a pass of 20 or more yards in the air on 5% of his pass attempts. That's the second lowest rate in the NFL behind only Teddy Bridgewater at 3%. Uh, this Rams pass offense right now is just kind of discombobulated, and I think it's kind of trickling down. And we're also seeing the effects of losing some offensive linemen. Um, I, I, man, 
I, I don't know. I, I don't have any girly in season long because I stayed away. But okay. I, I'll be honest. If I did, I still I would not know what to do. I have, I have to hold on. I have girly yeah. in a few leagues. I'm going to give you guys a scenario. Um, my pal Adam Wainwright uh, and I, we love trading. We just love trading. And I'm in I'm in a league with a bunch of baseball players. And um, Waino has offered me Fournette for Gurley. I would do that. I would take Fournette over oh, Gurley. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would take Fournette in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. If you can get out <laughs> if you can get out from underneath Gurley with Fournette. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah. by all means I think it's, I'm, take that too. I, I'm th- he well I thought that was going to be the scenario and then it it turned into Lamar Jackson and Gurley for Matt Ryan and Leonard Fournette and then at that point I was like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I think at this point that's where we're at. I think I think we're at, I mean if you can if you can flip Gurley now after he scored two touchdowns and sell whoever might be interested that things are going to get better that his usage is is, is growing which it is then I think now's the time to to try and sort of get that problem off your roster. Right? Yeah. I mean I think if you can you know, maybe you know especially if you're not in a, a league full of sharps and stuff uh People will see the fantasy points for this week. So what Marcus is saying, take advantage of people who aren't paying attention. Yeah, no, I mean, look. Hey, <laughs> I, man, dude, I'd do the same thing. Man. Absolutely. Somebody looks at the fantasy you're, points like, oh, yeah, Gurley. All, all's game. fair in love and fantasy here's football. Another, here's another fun one on our rundown here. Carry on Johnson or Todd Gurley moving forward. Gosh. Well, let's let's get to carry on Johnson <laughs> while we're at it, right? Because uh, yardage-wise, he had a really good game. Yep. Didn't get in the end zone. Another guy who should have had a touchdown. Had a questionable fumble near the goal line that the Chiefs ended up taking back for a touchdown. But, and I saw Adam Levitan post this, and I don't have the tweet right in front of me, but basically since C.J. Anderson was released, the snap share and the touches have gone up significantly yep. for Kerryon Johnson in the last couple of weeks. So, I mean, are we good now, guys, with Kerryon? We have to be. Yeah, you have you to be. You have to be. You yep. have to be thrilled with this usage. His game should have been so much better yesterday. He had nearly, uh, over 150 yards from scrimmage, 28 touches. He came off a 21-touch game in week three. The, the big blow-up game is coming, man. Like, they have a bye here in week five, but then they get the Packers' uh, suspect run defense coming off their bye in week six. The, the, the workload, everything is working in, in Carrion's favor right now. And I think if you if you could find a way to, to get Carrion Johnson um, on your roster as the Lions have this early bye here, I, I'm, I would be... Yeah, I'm going to be trying to trade for some Carrion in a lot mm-hmm. of my leagues. Yep, and um, so, you know, one other thing... I want to know, uh, and you know, we're, we're doing this, you know, is there a problem, you know, uh, you know, we good now kind of thing. Um, we got a problem in, in, in Los Angeles. What is your take on Melvin Gordon? Because I feel like, Oh, if, if you didn't sell high on Austin Eckler, we're, we're going to get there. It's, it's yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, well, it's trouble. We're good. We're we, we got to talk about that. We're definitely, we're definitely going to get to that before yeah. we're done today. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the last, last one, Jarvis Landry, Huge blow-up game. It was one that I, I didn't expect this this kind of a blow-up game from him, but I thought he had a chance against that Ravens secondary. They struggled against slot receivers. Uh, didn't score a touchdown, but a ton of yards for, for Jarvis Landry this week. So, uh, Graham, we good now? No. <laughs> no, I mean... Correct answer. Uh, look, I, I mean, I guess maybe David Njoku's injury is going to, I guess, help mm-hmm. Landry's target share a little bit over the middle, but, yeah, this is still this is still the OBJ show. He just had a terrible game. Um there in, that's, that's in week four. I, I haven't gone back and, and re I haven't had a chance to go back and rewatch the game fully to see kind of how uh, Beckham got shut down so badly. 
but yeah, I mean, I think Landry was just probably, I mean, Landry was just getting free releases uh, right. through the slot. You there. want to talk about selling high, do that on on Landry right now. Yeah, maybe this this might be your opportunity to try to do that. So, uh, All right, so now a handful of guys, all wide receivers, just coincidentally, uh, that I'm wondering after you know some, some less than great performances if there is a problem. The first one is DeAndre Hopkins, who had really nice week one, 111 yards, a pair of touchdowns. Since then, he's given you 40 yards, 67 yards, 41 yards on Sunday, and he threw an interception just for good measure. <laughs> God, that still pisses me off. Afterwards, Bill O'Brien says, yeah, maybe that was a bad play call. No kidding. No kidding, Bill. Yeah, that was that was not. Uh, but, I mean, this is a guy, Fabs, that was a first-round pick in a lot of leagues. And you know, so far, he has not come close to giving you first-round production. Yep. Is there a problem? Uh, th- these last three games have been a problem, that's for sure. But here's the good news. Atlanta this they week. They have the Falcons. And then they got the Chiefs. And then they got the Colts. And then they got the Raiders. So I think things are going to get uh, turned around here quickly. I mean, listen, Deshaun Watson, too. Yeah. I mean, if he didn't rush for that touchdown, you're looking at a single single digits. digits. Yep. yep. OK. Yep. And, you know, I think I think most of us would agree that if there was one quarterback that we all believed in the preseason could potentially match up with Patrick Mahomes in terms of value it was Watson so far. It has not been the case. That has not been what's happened with Deshaun Watson. He has been. And I hate to say it because I love the kid, but he's been unreliable and his offensive line's not helping him. Yesterday, the Texans kind of, I mean, they, they basically, not only did they disappoint, but I mean, their offensive line and, and what, I mean, just watching that game, Deshaun Watson is, seems frustrated. I mean, the Texans offensive line has been a problem for now three straight years. Mm-hmm. Laramie Tunsil is, was a fine addition, but I don't think anyone thinks he's a stud left tackle by Plus, any means. Plus, he's also point. one person. He's, exactly. <laughs> he's also, yeah, can't block them all. He's one person, and their interior offensive line is just brutally bad. I, the Texans, the Texans offense is just discombobulated right now. And Bill O'Brien, I, I'm sorry, he just he's not the one who will have the answers to write this ship. Right. Yeah. He's just not the one. And th- there are too many pieces here and too many good players on this offense for this Texans team to to. The Panthers are, are an underrated defense right now, I think. Mm-hmm. But there's too many pieces and too much talent on this offense for them to just completely lay an egg at home in this right. spot. Yeah. It's. I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of leaning toward what Fab says, though. The the schedule, in theory, lightens up over the next three to four weeks. So yep. hopefully that that turns some things around. But, man, this is not what you were hoping for when the, you spent the high draft pick on the, Nuke. The good news is the good news is you mentioned that high draft pick. I mean, Devontae Adams, outside of the one blow up game against the Eagles, has kind of been shaky. Mm-hmm. Juju Smith-Schuster doesn't have Big Ben. Right. So uh, Od- Odell Beckham has obviously been up and down. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the first and second round early receivers that are going in that range have kind of disappointed too so you're not totally yep. crushed <laughs> right but yeah very very true uh marquise brown had two great weeks to start his nfl career the last two have been less than great uh so graham is there a problem the, the falcons aren't a concentrated passing offense i mean we we saw it yesterday where where austin hooper was basically the lead receiver julio jones kind of took a back seat they've just kind of sp- been all over the place in, ter- in terms of their target share to the receivers. And Mohamed Sanu is a little more involved than I think most of us expected him to be yesterday. Just kind of a weird game for the Falcons. The Falcons, Falcons offense right now is just sort of broken. I mean, yeah, it, it is. You know, Ryan right now is second in passing yards. The only guy in the league who's got more is Patrick Mahomes. 
but it, it hasn't it hasn't translated to fantasy points because, well, this past week he didn't score any touchdowns, which is going to hurt. Still almost scored 16 fantasy points just as a passer. But it, I mean, Ryan, I mean, you, you want to talk about another quarterback who has been a, somewhat uh, of a disappointment. As somebody who's starting Matt Ryan, believe me. Yeah. I mean, but this is kind of Matt Ryan, right? Matt Ryan is either, boy, man, he's he's been underrated in fantasy or, yeah, we all liked Matt Ryan coming into the season and it's not make, he's not meeting expectations at this point. But, I mean, you're right. That whole offense, like Freeman saved his bacon yesterday because he caught a bunch of passes out of the backfield. They're not running the ball effectively. And Calvin Ridley in the last two games, I mean, he's been awful. He, he is not been what we were hoping he would be and this is a guy who scored 10 touchdowns last season a lot of people in the industry were were pushing him as a potential wide receiver too but I mean right now I mean he's he's a shaky flex at best I I will say about the Falcons running game real quick I mean they they started out of the gates with the Vikings and Eagles front seven which I mean we we know how loaded they are and the Titans have been so underrated on pass defense or excuse me run defense for two straight years Mm -hmm. now um, so maybe there'll be some glimmers of hope for the Falcons run game with the Texans and, and Cardinals coming up next. But yeah, I mean, the Falcons are just, they're not getting in the red zone as much as I think any of us expected. Yeah. Although, uh, he may not be the hero we wanted, but he's the hero that we've been given. <laughs> Austin Hooper is going off. Yeah. I mean, like I he said, is going off. The I, Hooper scooper. I wasn't sure if we should buy into Austin Hooper at the start of the year. Oh. I was really ambivalent about it, but. So far, he's, he kind of has been that dude. So, I mean, how are we feeling, though? But So, that's Calvin Ridley. How are we feeling about Hollywood Brown right now after a couple uh, of... Couple I of mean, like, I, I feel like Marcus, he's, he's kind of coming back down to earth so as, as expected. He's evening out, basically. Yeah, I mean, dude, like, he was never going to be the receiver that went bananas in week one. Uh, and it's still... This offense is still predicated on the run and Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson. And I get it. They want to throw the football a little bit more. Uh, you know, Jackson had a couple of touchdown passes, but I mean, I don't know what the what the percentage is after yesterday, but going into this week, uh, Jackson was throwing the ball to tight ends on 41 percent of his pass attempts. So, I mean, like, you know, he's he likes to go to Andrews, uh, you know, and occasionally some of his other tight ends on the roster, you know, Hayden Hurst, uh, you know, Boyle, whoever it might be. But I, I think this is what Holly Brown, Hollywood Brown is going to be. There's good, and, and this was a get right. This was a get right game for him. Potentially. Yeah. I mean, the Browns, the, the Browns, two starting corners were out. So. It is what it is, and, and and this is sort of what you deal with, especially with a rookie wide receiver. He's yeah. going to have big games. He's going to have stinkers. This is just the Ravens' role for him, right? I mean, he's going to see a bunch of deep targets, and when he does not hit on those deep targets, he's going to have some kind of, you know, he's going to have a lower floor. He still saw seven targets yesterday. It was second most on the team behind Mark Andrews, but because most of those looks come so deep downfield, he's going to have these weeks where he, if he doesn't connect on one of those deep balls from Lamar or Lamar overthrows him on their only play where he gets separation deep, he's going to have some bad weeks. Yep. Uh, quick update. Ian Rappaport has just tweeted that uh, Raiders linebacker Vontez Burfecht has been suspended for has. the rest of the season. Whoa! Rest of the season. So, Bye. Uh, interesting that, you know, it was like a big deal. Remember, like, started, you know remember in the offseason, everybody was like, man, how will Antonio Brown and Vontez Burfecht survive together on the same team? Well, I guess they won't. You know what? I, I was a little bit pissed watching that. And when he came off the field. Smiling? He was smiling. You know, the fans were, but he was, he's a, he's, he's, sort a, of he's an, a piece of work. The NFL enjoys, doesn't need a guy like that. He enjoys being a villain. Uh, right. Well, now, now, I mean, going back to now, his, he's not going to play football State. anymore. I, I don't want to talk about Vontez Perfect. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, that's the end of that. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I just feel like we should throw that in there. Last one in this category, uh, Adam Thielen, who after the game had some look. 
I think Adam Thielen was saying that every, any everything that we already sort of know, right? He talked about how even if you have the best running back in the world or in the league, you can't expect to run for 180 yards per game. At some point, you've got to throw the football. You've got to be able to hit on some deep throws down the field. I don't know if that was more pointed toward you know the head coach and offensive coordinator or if it was pointed toward his quarterback. Maybe it was a little bit of everything. But either way, um, you know, he was voicing certainly his frustration with the way the offense is going, probably with the way that his his own season has been going so far performance wise. Uh, I mean, so I guess Fabs is easy to say there there is a problem, right? Without yeah, there is a, the Vikings. The, absolutely, there is. Uh, you know, th- this is a team that they, they I mean, they have gone all in on Dalvin Cook and, and for good reason under Stefanski. I mean, we've talked. I feel like we talk about Stefanski every single podcast. Right. But this is what the Vikings want to be. They want to be a team that that plays good defense and runs the football effectively. So they they've basically neutered Kirk Cousins. They've neutered Stephon Diggs, who you know in the one week that the entire industry was down on him and said, "Dude, you can't you can't play Diggs." Of course, second half he goes nuts, right. and it was Thielen <laughs> who didn't get the job done. But now, I mean, you know, we I I, I just I, I pine for the days of Adam Thielen having hundred yards every single week and, and and going off and Diggs putting up these big numbers. But this is where we're at right now. Like Kirk Cousins' matchup this week, you got the Giants. Their defense stinks against quarterbacks. Yep. It's terrible. And Cousins is gonna be a sit em for me in my column because you can't trust him. Okay, what are the Vikings? The Vikings are a team that's going to run the football, get out to a big league, potentially against the Giants, and game script is going to erase anything that Kirk Cousins might do in the stat sheets. This is a guy who hasn't scored 15 points in a game all season long, and he's played the Raiders. Yeah. Okay, and the Raiders are bad. So, at the, I mean, Cousins right now is probably waiver wire fodder in a lot of leagues. Um, and and yeah, as for Thielen and as for Diggs, it sucks because you didn't draft them to do this, but you're playing the matchups with them now. You are. You just are. That, that, that's what this offense is right now. Hell, Kyle Rudolph is gone. This was a top 10 tight end last year. It wasn't a good season for tight ends, but he's they don't throw him the ball anymore. That's he blocks. Fine. He's not going to come back till Christmas anyway. Right, exactly. <laughs> that's just the way right. it works. So, so at this point, guys, I mean, the only must start in Minnesota is Dalvin Cook, and everybody else is subject to the matchup. Yeah, the, the Vikings, obviously, you mentioned they have the Giants matchup coming up. Then they get the Eagles, and their secondary is just so banged up right now. So at least they have two great draws for us to get uh, to get kind of pulled back in, and then we'll right. be disappointed. Let, let, <laughs> let, me give, let me give you a little stat, okay? Kirk Cousins right now has 99 pass attempts. The only quarterbacks with fewer, Eli Manning lost his job. Cam Newton hurt. Teddy Bridgewater took over for Breeze. Jimmy Garoppolo has had a bye. Josh Rosen, Daniel Jones didn't play in the first couple of weeks, just got the job. Ben Roethlisberger out. Kyle uh, Kyle Allen, you get my drift. You get my drift. Yeah. Yeah. Their their offense is, is just, they got knocked off their script. When they cannot run the ball, they are discombobulated. That, that's it. They I, don't know I mean, what to do. Stef- that's Stefanski doesn't know what to do. I mean, they're f- in their th- second half, their first four drives were Khalil Mack sack fumble, three and out, three and out, three and out. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, John Filippo down there in Jacksonville is doing pretty decent things with yeah. Gardner Minshew. It's almost like you need to throw the ball to win in the league consistently. I mean, hmm. just, just, Who a weird, thunk? just a weird thing. Who knows? All right. So now a handful of situations where it's like, well, now what do we do? Uh, the first one, the Titans passing game. Marcus Mariota came out and, look, he looked more like Matt Ryan than Matt Ryan did uh, on Sunday. Three touchdown passes, two of them to A.J. Brown, one to Corey Davis. So those guys, again, Corey Davis, I keep saying it, he's like the Godfather 3. Every time you think you're out, he pulls you back in, right? Oh, the Godfather 3. So is, is, so bad, Graham. 
Well, I mean, generally like the Titans passing game. Yes, most yes, weeks, right? yes. I mean, so are we are we really buying in or is this just because the Falcons defense has been no. so bad? No, I'm dude. I mean, I'm fading. They're playing Buffalo this week. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no way this week. Yeah. So, I mean, like Corey Davis, you know, good luck. Buffalo clamped Davis down White. on the Patriots. Something. Fierce, yeah, dude. Honestly. I mean, that was bad, bro. That was really bad. But yeah, Buffalo's defense is the real deal, especially against the pass. So have fun with that. You know, I mean, yeah. Mariota have I'm not playing any Titans that aren't Derrick Henry and Delaney Walker what's the point of Dan Quinn what does Dan Quinn do in Atlanta I mean this defense for so many now multiple years has just been so underwhelming I get that they've lost players I get that Keanu Neal's out again I get that but at some point man like I mean there's like the, the the Falcons in every game this season have been down by two scores after halftime they have gone into the third quarter. That's all you need to know. Down by two scores in every game this season, which, I mean, I guess if you have Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, it's great for some of those garbage time points. Sure. Uh, you know, I, it, it helped Devontae Freeman a little bit yesterday because yeah. he caught the football, but uh, it just, well, that, being, the defense is so bad. Yeah, well, being down that much obviously isn't helping their run game, which no. is struggling too. I mean, Not at all. If your game scripted out and you can't, you know, pound the ball ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the Chargers backfield gets oh, this gets really interesting because Melvin Gordon, who spent most of the day yesterday wearing a baseball cap, standing on the sidelines, he yep. is expected to be back in action uh, in Week Five. Austin Eckler has been fantastic; had another really great game on Sunday against the Dolphins. No real surprise there, but this week they have the Broncos and Denver. Uh, in fact, I wrote about this in, in my things I learned this week. You go back to last season, mm-hmm. nine straight games in which the Broncos defense has allowed uh, either 80 rushing yards and or a touchdown to running backs. So for as much as we, you know, I think have thought about this Broncos defense as being such a fierce, tough unit that maybe you should be afraid of, uh, you can start running backs yeah. against this group. So now it becomes like, do you start one, both? None? I mean, how do, how do we approach this? Because we have no real roadmap right now. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, it's Monday. But I, I want to see what Anthony Lynn has to say moving forward. We do know that he has already said that when Melvin Gordon's ready to roll, he is going to be the number one, the number one back. So I would expect, I mean, Melvin Gordon hadn't been, you know, eating cookies while he's been off the field. I mean, he's been working out and getting ready to roll. And, you know, I mean... It, to me, early indications for me, uh, based on based on the running back rankings that I've already started working on, believe it or not, I got Gordon ahead of Eckler I, 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 this week. I, I do. Um, I, I think it's going to start trending in that direction this week. Maybe it's a 50-50 share, could potentially be. But moving forward, this is going to be Melvin Gordon's job. And the Chargers, I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong here, they're going to run the hell out of Melvin Gordon, who is going to be a unrestricted free agent at the end of the year, and the Chargers have already sort of shown their hand. We're not paying you. We're, we're, you know, we're not going to pay you what you want. So either we're going to see a franchise tag situation or Melvin Gordon's going to be gone, in which case the Chargers are going to run him and run him some more and run him some more. At least the Chargers didn't make the mistake of playing Melvin Gordon yesterday. Played zero yeah. snaps, so at least, right. they, at least they didn't yeah. make that I had a lot of people but. on Twitter asking me yeah. whether or not they should play him, and I'm yeah, like, yeah, I don't, don't, don't do it. Can't. Was, Tremaine Pope is going to see more work. Yeah, there was no way you could play him. But moving forward, I mean, he's a two at worst this week, right? Yeah. I mean, both of them. I, I do think I think this week it may just be closer to a 50-50 split just yeah. to let him kind of get up to game speed. I, I think if, if there's an Austin Eckler owner in your league that's really panicked, 
I think this might, this might be the time to buy as low as you possibly could on Eckler for... He's still going to have standalone flex value. And yeah. this season, because Eckler is such a good pass catcher, it's going to be... I, I think it's going to be really harder for the Chargers just to immediately take him off the field on passing downs mm-hmm. um, because I he mean, is so effective. If I'm the Chargers, I'm trying to figure out how what I can do to get right. them both on the field at the same time. And point. also keep in mind, too... like And rotate good. them to keep them fresh because they're... Their, their wide receivers are all banged up right Yes. Yep. I mean, Absolutely. Keenan Allen, boy, you want to talk about... And they about, don't have Hunter Henry, we, who we, might yeah. not come back at any point. We, we forgot about... You want to talk about a stinker. Keenan Allen, my goodness gracious. If you had him in DFS, oh, dude. That's right. I mean, <laughs> he kind of got lost amongst all the other big yeah, players. Yeah, right. So Mike Williams, Mike Williams didn't play. Travis Benjamin didn't play. They were, they had Dontrell Inman out there, who actually was a, was a halfway decent play uh, in, in some deeper leagues. You mentioned Hunter Henry's out. So, you know, maybe this is a scenario where they're going to be utilizing Eckler, uh, you know, lining him out wide, giving him some opportunities as a pass catcher. Last year, he averaged around 10 touches a game. Gordon was averaging right around 18 touches a game. Uh, The snap percentage was heavily in favor of of Melvin Gordon. But if nothing else, Eckler has proven that, I mean, this is a guy who needs to be utilized a little bit more. But at the end of the day, I still feel like you're looking maybe not at a true featured role for Melvin Gordon, but... Melvin Gordon's going to be closer to a featured back uh, than Austin Eckler is the rest of the season, and I, I think that's that's an obvious scenario. Yeah, uh, the Chiefs' backfield has gotten really interesting oh my because goodness. you know Shady McGoy had a he had a pretty decent game yep. on Sunday against the Lions. Uh, Damian Williams didn't play uh, again; he, he missed last week's games, missed the last two weeks' games, I should say. And Daryl Williams played more snaps. Uh, didn't have a ton of yards, but caught the football effectively, had a couple of touchdowns, and is making it really hard, I think, for Andy Reid to put him back on the bench, even when Damian Williams comes back. Uh, I mean, Graham, what are, we, what are we doing in this backfield right now? Hoping and praying that one of these guys takes the job and you've got the right one. Right. But, uh, I mean, other than that, yeah, I mean, the Chiefs' backfield has been – it's been the same productive unit that we've had in, in years past. It's just you cannot trust any of these guys. And it's it seems like Damian Williams' injury is going to take even longer than we expected. We haven't even really gotten a timeline for him. He just, he's just not practiced, just straight up not practiced. Yep. Uh, LaShawn McCoy has been kind of banged up in and out of the lineup. And now we have uh, Daryl Williams, who's playing well. Um, mm-hmm. And Sean Burst. I mean, it's just... Williams actually led the backfield it's, in it, snaps. It, it's yesterday. a it's a total week. So, it's a, well, this is the second straight week. Um, yeah, that he's done that. Mm-hmm. It's just a total week to week proposition at this point, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, and, it which, is. which is so strange because Andy Reid has generally been kind of a one back guy. Well, he yep. doesn't have that, but now he, he doesn't does have that guy. He does not have that uh yeah. that luxury this year. I, I wonder if McCoy just can't sustain. I mean, he wants to you know he wants to keep him fresh, oh, so yeah. he's not putting him in that feature role that he was in Philadelphia, oh, yeah. Buffalo. So I, I, I think Andy Reid knew probably uh, that he couldn't go into the year with just Damian Williams as the top guy. And then obviously Williams got hurt. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't think it was ever in McCoy's. I don't think it was ever in the range of outcomes for McCoy to yeah. be the bell cow for them. This and, and they've got the Colts coming up another good matchup. So, I mean, McCoy and Williams, as long as Damian is out, then start are both keep, startable keep assets. Yeah, they're both, yeah. they're both startable. And Daryl Williams is available in a lot of leagues on NFL.com. I, I don't know if people just don't like the way that his name is spelled, but you gotta <laughs> like the production, man. I mean, it is, it, he has been great the last couple of weeks. Uh, all right. So last one here. Uh, and I just kind of, I wrote this one in. Uh, I want, I want Graham to take this one. The Eagles 
running backs. <laughs> we're both heartbroken. I just, you know, I, I have tried to be in on Miles Sanders. Early in draft season, though, I, you know, I told myself there was still a role for Jordan Howard, and I drafted him very early in draft season. Some of the first ones I did. I uh, didn't start him in a single one this past week. Watched him sitting on my bench, accumulating 30-plus points. But it does now bring up a question because – not only did, did Howard run the ball effectively, they threw him the football. He caught the ball. And it's not that Miles Sanders had a terrible game, but it was Howard who kept scoring all the touchdowns. Yep. So I, I don't even know. I don't know what to do now. It's the same thing. We just, I mean, we're going to have to have an injury here for one of these guys to be playable every single You're game. right. Um, Miles Sanders' snap rate has been cut from 49, 43% in weeks one and two, now down to nearly 35% in back to back games. You mentioned Jordan Howard's more involved in the passing game, and they're not going to take they're not going to take Sproles off the field in their kind of two no. minute situations, third downs. They're not going to take him off the field. They're, I mean, outside of an injury, I, I don't think we'll have clarity at all in this backfield uh, for the, for the majority of the season, which is unfortunate because Sanders, I, I think, has has been a little bit unlucky. He had a touchdown call back early in the yep. year. He's he's flashed some some big plays and had some nice runs, but. Um, the, yeah, th this three-headed monster here is just a no-go for fans. The bottom line here, and this is something that I was concerned about. I like Sanders' talent. You know, it's hard not to like his talent when right. you watch him on tape. I mean, he's damn good. The one thing that I was concerned about coming into the season, and, I, you know, I told you this guy's uh, uh, on the podcast, Doug Peterson has never had a running back as a head coach average more than 13 touches a game. He's it, He just he goes committee, and he goes hot hand. And Jordan Howard had the hot hand last week. Doesn't mean that maybe Miles Sanders won't have the hot hand this week against the Jets. But we can't see that. We can't look into the future. I wish we could and, and, and sort of predict that. So now, if, if if you've got Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders on your fantasy football team, I mean, which guy are you starting? It's got to be Jordan Howard now, right? It's got to be. Which means Miles it's Sanders. Be, which, which means the means, Miles Sanders right, game is yeah. coming. Right. <laughs> I mean, but, but I mean, right? I, and, and, and Howard looked good. Let's give him credit. He looked he looked pretty oh, good. Jordan Howard has, has looked good this this entire year. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a fine north south runner. The problem with Jordan Howard is there's like five or six other running backs that are like Jordan Howard in the NFL. Um, the one I think what I was completely wrong about with this backfield is how much Darren Sproles is playing. Yeah. You know, he, I, I figured Sanders at the very least was going to take off, you know, takes those, those passing down snaps and, and nope. get some of those dump offs. But if that's not happening, it's, it's, it's over for Sanders. third downs, third and long. Yep. It's Darren Sproles. Man. Is it, is it just me? Or is it, is it the uniforms? Jordan Howard looks like he's slimmed down too. Maybe it's just the Eagles uniform. Well, no, I mean, he was way. wearing black. Black is supposed to be slimming in Chicago. And now <laughs> yes. he's, you know, he's, he's got, I don't know. He looks like he's slimmed down, but it, it could just be the, the aerodynamic Eagles uniform that he's wearing. And I feel like too, like the fantasy community, like has, has made sort of, Jordan Howard almost a joke in the in the pre. Oh, Miles Sanders is going to take that job. It's not going to be an issue. Jordan Howard can't catch the ball out of the backfield. He's got an awful yards per carry rate. But when you look back at his career going into 2019, I mean, this is this is one of the guys who's rushed for more yards at running back than I mean, like than almost every back who's not say Ezekiel Elliott, for example. I mean, he's right up there in terms of rushing yards ever since he's come into this league. And maybe we just didn't have enough respect for that. Well, I think it's you know living in a PPR world now that we really look at guys that catch the football. And he yeah, no, that's correct. That, he was never a guy that caught the that's football. Correct. Exactly. Yep. So it became easy. to I like that. I think you should write a song. We're living in a PPR world. <laughs> it's like I get Madonna. Like, yeah, exactly. Like a, uh, <laughs> that's what I just you know get her to maybe she'll sing it for us. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't know what she's doing these days. But. Uh, not talking to us probably, um, not, probably not playing for <laughs> football, no all right 
Uh, before we wrap it up, of course, uh, waiver wire time. Uh, some names. You mentioned Daryl Williams. He's still out there in a shocking number of leagues. I yeah. feel like that's going to change this week. Look, A.J. Brown is out there in a lot of leagues. Uh, approach with caution because, as Graham mentioned, they play the Bills next yeah, week. I feel like they're chasing the points there. Chasing the points there. And the, the Titans just have never been consistent enough in their passing game to really make it worthwhile. So if you somehow took advantage of the A.J. Brown game, congratulations. Uh, I don't know that that's going to happen again. Have you on the show if you did that. Right? Uh, Ronald Jones, who... Oh, you love it. I do. You love it. So here's the thing. He looked so good yesterday. In the early preseason, you know, I really talked myself into thinking that maybe this was the Ronald Jones year. And, I mean, I will admit that I I had my doubts, mostly because I just wasn't sure about the Bucs' ability to run the football. But... And even now, I'm still not 100% sure because he had a lot of the snaps yesterday and he obviously had the touchdown and he played really, really well. Um, But the snap share has been fairly even uh, this season with him and Peyton Barber. It's just been up and down. He almost doubled up Barber in snaps, though, in that game. Yeah, it's been up and down. So, And I will say in week two, apparently Jones kind of tweaked his ankle. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe that was why he only got four carries. But regardless, I mean, Ronald Jones has been such a more, I mean, he's been so much more effective than Peyton Barber, but neither of these guys are getting the ball in the passing game. So what's well, Ogan Bawale in the passing game? Yeah, it, it's, yeah. So that, that may, but you know, maybe he is starting to come around a little bit. And so some of that preseason hype maybe has some, some life to it. Uh, Dawson Knox, who last week after he, you know, he had a big week, a couple weeks ago, I sort of faded him. I wasn't really buying into it. I mean, he's not getting a ton of targets, but he looks really athletic and he's making plays when the ball is thrown in his direction. And look, I, I think the good news is that he's getting opportunity. The bad news is that I think Tyler Croft is coming back really soon and that might limit some of his snap share and some of his opportunities. But I know we're all hurting for tight ends. And, you know, if you were looking to stream, I don't know. If you didn't get on that Disley train, you didn't get on the Disley train. Uh, I guess the other part of that to, to keep in mind is keep an eye on Josh Allen's status because he left with a concussion after just a really nasty hit. He took, uh, if it is Matt Barkley, I I don't know that I would. Hey, Marcus, you, you want another tight end that people should be going after? Sure. Waiver wire? Tyler Eifert. Why? Yeah. Yeah. He's Cardinals. Plus, plus Cardinals. It's the easiest thing oh. for a fantasy analyst to predict. Well, then this. Cardinals this, against the tight end. They def- stink. This definitely means CJ Uzama's catching six balls for seven. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. By the way, I know. I saw a lot of uh, people on Twitter saying, you know, know, kind of mocking people for taking the the Will Disley victory lap. You know what? Take your victory lap. Yeah, dude. So much of this job is about us getting stuff wrong. Like, take your victory laps when you get something right, even if it was, you know, low-hanging fruit. I don't. Who cares? Don't care. At this point, after this week, is anything low-hanging fruit? Not really. Hell, we could have told people to sit Keenan Allen, Julio Jones, and a whole bunch of other superstars, and people would have laughed us off of social media. And we would have been, right. been right. We would have been, been right. A uh, couple of Colts just running back. Just, just in, in case. case. Just in case. Just in case. Marlon Mack says he should be good to go for next week. But just kind of monitor the situation. Jordan Wilkins, Naheem Hines are out there in a lot of leagues. Hines definitely more the pass catching back if it comes to that for the yep. Colts. Uh, so, you know, that's, but they play in the, they're playing the Chiefs next week. Yep. Which, uh, it could come to that. <laughs> it could come to that quite a bit. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so there you go. Jamison Crowder. Yeah, I put him in here because well, the, he is not owned in enough leagues. He's not, and the, the Darnold, Jets are back off the bye. And they're playing the Eagles, and they're terrible against the pass. And I, yeah. and I don't know what's going on with Sam Darnold. I mean, he, he probably he, he probably is questionable at best for this week. But just keep in mind, the first week when Darnold and Crowder were together, 
uh, what was it, 17 targets and 14 catches for Crowder? Yeah. And so even if Darnold's not back in week five, he's going to be I, back soon. And also look and see if Chris Herndon's out there and get ahead of the game and tr- try to pick him up because he's going to be eligible to come back. This is going to be the six. This right? is going to be the fourth game he'll right. miss, so he'll be back week six. So a couple of Jets that you maybe stash. Maybe you don't play Crowder this week if, if Darnold is, is not back because, you know, do we trust Luke Falk? But um, – I, I mean, long term, I suspect people drop Jamison Crowder one because of the Darnold situation. Yes. And two, when the Jets went on by, if you were just looking to fill a roster spot, it was easy to just put the uh, Jamison Crowder out there. Yeah. Crowder Crowder right now is available. I want to guess in more than 80 he, percent. He's he's available in about 78 yeah. percent of our leagues. Yeah, I would also look to maybe even buy low on Robbie Anderson. Guys, this this Jets schedule coming up is so, so nice. They've already gotten rid of the Patriots. But would you play him this Patriots. week without Falk? Would you play Robbie Anderson this no. week without Falk? Okay. I'm sorry, without without Darnold. Darnold. Yeah, without yeah. Darnold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't think you can play yeah, I don't any think. of these guys. But, yeah, I mean, their schedule coming up is so, so yep. nice. They get mm-hmm. the Dolphins twice again. They get the Redskins. They play the Giants, Raiders. Yep. It's a... Uh, it's pretty, pretty good. Here. Pretty, pretty good. Uh, more wide receiver talk. Both MVS and Geronimo Allison are out there in a lot of leagues. Uh, they are certainly worth looking at. Uh, we know that Devontae Adams will miss at least one game. Not sure about beyond that. But, you know, at least MVS, I think, is worth owning even outside of that. Uh, I know he didn't have a huge game on Thursday night against the Eagles, but he was targeted a lot. He had a couple of end zone targets as well. So even if he didn't pull those in, you at least know that Aaron Rodgers is looking in his direction. Geronimo Allison has not had the kind of production I think we would have anticipated, but with no Devontae Adams, uh, maybe that changes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Jacoby Brissett, who, uh, yeah, he's a good streamer option this week, going against the the Chiefs. Played well, you know, had to kind of play from behind against the Raiders, but ended up getting you 22 fantasy points this week. Yeah, I mean, very I, quietly I, having a good year. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was not a huge fan of him coming in. I, I figured he would be better than he was in 2017, obviously. I didn't think he would be a guy who's given you three touchdown passes in two of his last three games and uh, a, a, a floor of about 16 points. I mean, so far this season, yeah. Brissett's been pretty good. And you got the Chiefs, then a bye, then you got Houston. So, I mean, you got you got a couple of decent matchups coming up there. Yeah. Frank, Frank Reich is a very, very good coach, and their offensive line, obviously, is just yeah. nuts. Yeah. So much better. Yeah. So much. You know, it's funny if – Maybe if they had protected uh, Andrew Luck this well, he hmm. might still be playing. Well, they they tried to get to that, and Luck and decided, yeah, no. Yep. Well, they, they did too little too late. That, they, got, <laughs> they got to that for one season. One it was season. Glorious. And it was great. Too little too late. Jacoby Brissett yeah. right now is a QB9. Yeah. So. Yep. He's and ahead of heaps he, up coming. He's ahead of Matt Ryan. He's ahead of Jameis Winston, Philip Rivers, Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers. Their O-line keeps balling. He's only taken six sacks so far with four games. Yeah. So there you go. And he, he's not running the ball hardly at all, no. really. I no. mean, but he's doing it all with his arm. Yeah, there you go. Good for him. So there you go. That's it. We are done. We appreciate you listening and downloading as always. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, having a beard is natural. It's shaving it off that's weird. We'll see you on Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And... Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 